Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to breakfast and a class this morning, which is sponsored in celebration of the marriage of Jennifer Ohev Shalom uh, and Jeffrey Chira, sponsored by Sapir and Daniel Ohev Shalom. And as well, breakfast is sponsored by Sunny Dua for the Rifuash of Meir Ben Adelia. And as well, breakfast today is, uh, and the class is being done in honor of the marriage of my daughter Charna and Yoshua Cohen. Wow. Shalom. On Wednesday, on Wednesday, I've never been an old man, but the minute you walk your daughter down the aisle, it is undeniable that you have instantaneously aged. Yeah, you become you become an old man. Okay, let's let's get ready to rumble, Rabotai. So I want to share with you a beautiful idea. There's a, a, a pasuk that says, "Noach ish tzadik tamim and we started yesterday discussing this idea. And we talked about the idea and from where it comes. It's a very strange concept. This concept says that if Noach was a Sadiq in his generation, and Yesh Dorshim the those people who uh, understand this idea in a, in a positive way, and some who understood it in a negative way. How did they understand it in a positive way? They said, look, Noach was a Sadiq even in such a difficult and morally bankrupt generation. The other opinion said, no, Noach was understood in a negative way. He was a Sadiq as compared to, uh, to, to the other Rishaim around him. But had he been in the generation of Abraham, lo he would not have been considered anything. Yesterday we talked about the idea and the importance of always being a positive person. That's what we spoke about yesterday. But today I want to look at it from another angle. And that is as follows. The question that you have to really ask yourself is, I understand that we could minimize. We could say he would not have been as much of a tzaddik. But the language Rashi uses is powerful. Lo haya nechshav leklum. He would not have been considered anything. What kind of craziness is that? The Torah says that Noah was a tzaddik. The Torah says that he was tamim, he was whole. The Torah says that he walked with God. How could you say, how could you interpret that and say, he wouldn't have been considered anything. That's very difficult to understand, to read into the intentions of the Pasuk. Rabotai, I want to share with you a magnificent way of looking at this concept, of looking at this idea. You know, there's a very famous line that's said over in the name of Rav Simcha Bunim of Peshischa. Okay, listen to this. The Rav Shimcha Bunim of Peshischa used to say that a person has two pockets. In one pocket he has one note. In the other pocket he has another note. And I don't think we're talking over here. Rav Simcha Bunim was not referring to the Samsung note. He was probably more of an iPhone guy. No, Rav Simcha Bunim was talking about two pieces of paper. On one piece of paper he has written, Bishvili Nivra HaOlam. For me the world was created. In another piece, another pocket, there's another piece of paper, and on that piece of paper it says, "Anochi afar va'efer." I am dust and ash. And throughout life, with these two pieces of of paper in his pocket, he gets through all the situations that life throws at him. If he's in a situation where someone maybe doesn't give him kavod, they don't give him aliyat shishi to the sefer Torah, he feels his blood boiling. Sammy didn't give me anenu. What kind of thing is this? The guy feels, you know, does he know who I am? You know who my grandfather was? You know my great, you know, the guy's stewing. He's getting upset. What does he do? He reaches in his pocket. His pocket says, Anochi afar I am dusted. I'm nobody. What I'm getting angry about? 
I, who, who am I? The guy who did, you know, someone didn't give me proper respect. Someone got angry at me. Does he know? Nah, chill out. It's not that big a deal. I didn't make that extra $20 million, so now I'm not going to have this vacation. I'm not the type of guy I don't need such fancy vacations. I don't need such a big house. I don't need such a fancy car. On the other hand, Rabotai, there's times when he needs to reach into his other pocket and pull out the opposite piece of paper. There's times when a person needs to reach, reach in his pocket and pull out. You know, when we finish the, the, the Daf Yomi, so everybody, uh, people who never heard of Daf Yomi in, the, in their life, all of a sudden understood there's an idea that you could finish all of the Shas if you did one page every day. Wow. A person thinks to himself, who am I? I don't really know how to read. I wasn't made so sharp. You know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not so smart. I didn't have a good yeshiva education. A person thinks, I'm a nobody. That's not the time to have the pasuk, Anochi Afar Va'efer. In front of you, you put that in your pocket and you say, The world was created for me. I alone, I'm worth, I was worth God creating heaven and earth, animals, insects, uh, uh, you know, fish, trees, vegetation, the stars, the moon, the sky, everything. It was worth it for what I can bring to the world. At that time, person needs to have what they call in the Sefarim, Azut de Kiddushah. He has to have a chutzpah, so to speak, born or made of holiness. At a time when a person is thinking to themselves, you know what, I don't want to lose my temper. I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to speak Lashon Hara. Who, what do you mean? How am I going to not speak Lashon Hara? Who could not speak Lashon Hara? You, you can do it. In that moment, a person needs to realize the greatness and the power that he has inside of him. Rav Simcha Bunim used to say though, the problem is that we mix up the pockets. When we didn't get the Aliyah, what do we pull out? We say, Right? When it comes time to study, the rabbi says, we have to come, we got to get up early in the morning. You say, I'm a nobody. What difference do my prayers make? What difference does my chesed make? We switch pockets, unfortunately. But Rabbi done correctly, each one of those pieces of paper at the right pull at the right time, guide you in a beautiful way. According to this, the Apirion Shilomo writes a beautiful Chidush. He says that's what Rashi means. If he was born in the generation of only Rishayim, then what would have happened? Wow, how would have Yeshtoshim the Shivach, that would have been amazing for him. Because he reaches in his pocket, he says, everyone around me is doing terrible things. How am I going to fight the tide? How am I going to be different than everyone? Bishvilini v'a'olam. I, God created Adam Arishon alone. One person could hold the whole world on his shoulders. That's me. That person reaches in the pocket. But if he was born in the generation of Abraham Avinu, if there was Sadiqim like Abraham, if there was Sidkaniyot like Sarai Menu, like Malki Sedek, other great people around him, in that time, which, which, which piece of paper would he have pulled? Anuchi Afar Vaefer. Lo Hayan Nechshav. In that moment, what would he have said about himself? How would he have thought of himself? In a time where you have other sadiqim around you, that's not the time to feel like you're everything. And that time when you're sitting in front of the sadiqim, what does it say? You're supposed to drink with thirst their words. You should stick. You stick to the earth of their feet. In that moment, Rabotai, not that Noach was a nobody, but the way he would serve God was through the modality, through the process of being a nobody, of finding or accessing that humility. Rabotai, 
In every situation in life, a person needs to draw on different midot to be able to excel and to be able to do well in, uh, in their growth and in their, in their tzidkut. Rabotai, I want to share with you something that I think uh, is, is a, a very beautiful idea. And it's based on this concept very, uh, itself. You know, the, the Pasuk tells us, Rabotai, that when, uh, when this, the, the people of the, uh, the generation of the flood, uh, they were being judged in the heavens. There were so many different sins that they were guilty of. And they were guilty of the worst possible sins. All sorts of adultery and murder, all, everything was going on over there. And if you read the sources, you find out that they were, there was terrible things that were going down at the time. And yet, says the Pasuk, right, says Chazal explain, why, why did their deen, did their judgment, why was it uh, canceled, so to speak? It was not signed. And our rabbis explained to us, what kind of gezel was it that signed the fate, sealed the fate of the generation of the flood? The Gemara says, a person would walk in the street, he would take his goods to the market, and he's carrying a big basket like this full of olives. As he's walking, every guy on the way there would take one olive and eat it. Another guy's walking with dates. Every guy would take one date and eat it. Why? Because the amount of taking one olive or one raisin or one grape is pachot mishave peruta. That's less than even the amount of a peruta, the smallest coin. Any stealing which is less than the smallest coin, you can't go take someone to Din for that. Why? Because it's less even than the smallest amount. So what do people do? They stole all day long. And it was, uh, it was uh, they say it's a victimless crime. But here, it wasn't a victimless crime, it was a prosecutionless crime. You couldn't be prosecuted for that crime. Now, I have one question. You want to tell me that stealing was the reason why they went down. Okay, I understand. But why would it be for stealing which was the smallest kind of stealing? I would think that if stealing is the thing that seals the deal, right, then wouldn't it be the biggest kind of stealing that you could imagine? I'll give you an example. In the Torah, it says, Lo tignob. Right? In Aseret HaDibrot. Who, who, what are we talking about in Aseret HaDibrot? Anybody know? Don't steal? Kidnapping. Kidnapping. That means the word do not steal could also refer to stealing a human being. You understand that? Stealing a human being is also called stealing. So if you're going to tell me that they went down because of stealing, Surely it would have been because of the biggest kind of stealing, not because of the smallest kind of stealing. And the answer, Abotai, is so beautiful. Everybody takes an olive and a date, it adds up, Rabbi. No question it adds up. But, but if they take ten olives, it adds up faster. So in a generation or in a time where people are putting a gun to your face and taking your sneakers, they're taking whatever you want, so you still lose everything. Why would, we, why would they be punished for taking a minuscule amount? Listen to this, this is so powerful, Rabotai. The Pasuk ends and it says, Ki hishchit ko basar, because all flesh had corrupted their ways on the earth. Listen to this idea from the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim says that when you do, a, a, we know when you do a mitzvah, a person does a mitzvah, he creates an angel. In Shamaim, the mitzvah itself becomes an angel. And this idea is a very deep concept. What does that mean? He creates an angel. 
What are you making? What are you making angels? You ever see those? You know those? Uh, uh, those uh, the bubbles. You stick the thing in the in the soap, and the little bubbles float off. And is that what it means? Every time you do a mitzvah, there's this bubble that floats up into the heavens. It's you made an angel. What does that mean? I will tell you. The answer is beautiful. The nature of an angel, as described in the deepest ideas of Judaism, the Maharal explains that the concept of a malach is an emissary, an agent of God. So as an example, when God needs to destroy Sodom, He sends an angel. When God needs to bring uh, Sarah healing, He sends an angel, the angel Raphael. So we're familiar with this concept, that the nature of an angel is the will of God being carried out, done in this world. When you do a mitzvah, what did you do? You became the angel. You became the emissary to carry out God's will in the world. That act of doing a mitzvah is in and of itself an emissary, an agent of God. You've created an angel. Now listen to this, Rabotai. Our rabbis tell us that in the time when he goes to Gan Eden and comes to court, the angels line up and he's now we weigh. And each one of the angels comes and says, oh, you know, you're know, you about to judge this guy to see if he's going to have money, not have money, get married, have children, have a, you know, a good life, be, you know, have good friends, go get accepted to the right schools, all these things that we want. What happens? The angels come to God and they are the people that speak to the heavenly court on our behalf. But the Chafetz Chaim says, not all angels were created equal. Listen to this. There's a man who owes money and it's Corona and he can't pay. He's not bringing money in to be able to pay. So his creditors come to him and they want to, they're going to shut it, they're going to destroy his business. He's trying to survive. Last few months of Corona, he needs to get past it. He'll be okay if he gets past, you know, the, the, the latest restrictions. He's going to be okay. But, but what happens? The first guy knocks on the door. He opens the door. He sees there's a line of people there. They're knocking at his, at his business. And he says to the creditor, he says, yes. The guy says, you owe me $5,000. He says, I owe you $55,000. Okay. I'm sorry, you know, think times are difficult before you can even get the words out. The second guy says, and you owe me 10,000. And the third guy says, and you owe me 1,000. And the fourth guy says, you owe me 100,000. You know, and they're all clamoring to be paid, this whole line of people. And the last guy on the line says, and you owe me $50. The man says, listen, everybody calm down. Everybody take a chill, relax, hold on. You guys know what's going on. You understand that if you shut me down, I can't pay any of you. Okay? So you could, you could sue me, you could make me go bankrupt, but then none of you are going to get a dime. Bear with me, he says. Give me one more month. Had that this guy, Cuomo, he opened up just now, he opens, he closes, had that, you know, he feels like the guy has a God complex. I don't know. Okay? He's uh, uh, turning the tap, not turning on the tap. Shema Israel. Okay? What happens? He decides, you know, that you're allowed to have 25% of rest, or, or 10 people in the synagogue. The, the logic of this, it's so insane. It's true that we have to be careful, and it's very important. In this synagogue, everyone's wearing a mask the whole time. I take my mask only off right now when I'm sitting over here to give a class, okay? Right? Everybody wears masks in our shul. We take it very seriously. But the idea that you could tell a synagogue that's one ro- small room, that they're allowed to have 10 people, and you could take a synagogue like Sharet Zion and tell them with 900 synagogues that they're allowed 10 people in the building is madness. That it doesn't matter. Temple Emmanuel, they could sit more people than giant stadium. 
Okay? Now it's not an Orthodox synagogue, so it's not full every, any day except Rosh Hashanah Kippur. But Rabotai, you, you understand what's going on. They're allowed 10 people in that massive cathedral. That makes zero sense. So the guy says, listen, please, Dachilak, please, give me one more month. They're opening things up slowly. I'll be okay, I'll be able to pay you. And you know what, the, the 5,000 guy turns to the 1,000 guy, he says, well, you think, you think you're okay with that? The guy says, yeah, I'm okay. The, the 10,000 guy turns to the 100,000 guy, you okay with that? The 100,000 guy says, you know what, he's right. You know, let's, we'll all come back together in a month. If not, we'll have filed class action. All of a sudden, there's one guy in the back, the $50 guy. He says, the heck with that. Shoves everyone out of the way, pushes the guy thing, walks into the guy's store, picks up the cash register, and walks out. What happens the minute that guy walks in, starts taking goods from the store? Everyone's like, forget it, I'm not getting stuck with nothing. Now that guy walks in, takes, you know, 10 items, 10, 10 suits, the other guy walks in, takes the whole rack of ties. Right, in 10 seconds, the guy has no store left. It's not the looting store. Listen to this, Rabotai. Listen to this. Who destroyed the guy's business? The $50 guy. He was the smallest amount. $50 guy. Why? Because he didn't have the patience. Says the Chafetz Chaim, when you make a malach for an avon, the malach that you created is just like the avon that you made. Its nature, its power, its influence is the same. The nature of Gezel is that you don't respect the other person's boundaries or what belongs to him. The nature of Gezel. You walked in, middle of the day, took out a gun, took the thing that was belonged to him. So in Shamayim, even if in the heavenly court, they're ready to let you go. And the other angels are ready to say, you know what, let's give him three more chances, we're going to pull back. The angel of Gezel acts like you did when you did Gezel. And he says, no, no, no. He takes. That's why the Pasuk tells us that the agent of Gezel um, what brought them down was the Gezer. Rabotai, the same is true the other way around. If as an example, you are someone who sees someone who's getting picked on, getting bullied, and you know what? One of the things I've learned, I'm now 42 years old, right? I'm 42 years old, Rabotai. Bullying is not only for children. Bullying happens in a synagogue. There's that one guy that people like to pick on in the, first, in the early minyan type of, you know, the boys. The boys situation when everyone's 50 is remarkably similar to the way it was when we were kids. Sometimes I come into the Kiddush on Shabbat and I see a bunch of chairs put, you know, folded. And I go, no, no, we're sitting here. What are we, back in the lunchroom in, uh, in, in, in kindergarten again? Right? It's amazing. If you don't solve the problems that you have as a child... You just take those problems with you into adulthood. Okay? Rabotai, you stand up for somebody, you protect someone, you create an angel that is also, by its nature, a protective angel. Do you hear that? So if a person is struggling with something in their life, or they want something in their life, the idea of doing a misvah, which is similar, we always talk about this, if you have an angel and you need something and they need something, why? Because you have now a specific guardian angel in Shamayim. You have someone in heaven that's actually arguing exactly what you just did for the other person. You've created a protective angel. 
Fantastic. It's a beautiful idea. Rabotai, so we come back to this idea. We have in the person's pockets a little piece of paper, uh, a piece of paper that says, but I think there's something deeper that we're supposed to be learning over here based on the situation. It's not just that our reaction to the situation is either gaava, you know, standing up, being big, or being small. It's also being protective, being respectful, being kind, being forgiving. That's why we learn that when a person is ma'avir al-midotav, mochlin alav min ashamayim. Why do they forgive his sins when he forgave somebody else's sins? Why do they do that? Because now we have someone that comes to court and says, I don't understand. You told him to be godlike and to be forgiving. How could you and shamayim not do the same thing? You see the power of this. This idea, Rabotai, is something that can accompany a person and guide them throughout their entire lives. May God help us to become a people that are strong, a people that are uh, upright, that are, uh, that are honest, and not to get to a stage where we say, Ki ko darko. Eh, it's just an olive. Eh, it's just a grape. Eh, it's just a comment. Eh, it's just a joke. That's what happens. The way of hashkata is minimization of something you did wrong. The way of yashrut is to build up the importance of that which you're doing wrong. How could I say such a thing? How could I even go like this when the guy walked in? Don't I understand how that made the person feel? A sadiq makes every small thing into a big thing. A rasha makes every big thing into a small thing. May God allow us to have the balance and the eyes and the clarity in each and every one of these things. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen.